As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Back in 82, I used to be able to throw a pigskin quarter mile. I would be honored if you played football for this team. The football gods are always on the Bears' shoulder. Go Bears! Boy, that escalated quickly. From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Ho. Are there any signs that there's a bigger issue of disrespect? Is Jordan Love bad? And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. It's clear to me that they're going to make him earn that left tackle spot. There's some good signs there. It's okay to be excited. It's The Adams. The Adams converge. Hogan Johns. And we are underway. The presenting sponsor for today's episode of Hogan Johns is Visa, a network working for everyone. What's up? Welcome in three days in a row. Hogan Johns, I guess, turning into a daily show this week. That's okay. Uh, that might be an idea. Maybe. Well, we uh, we love our listeners. Okay. They were demanding it this week. Of course, uh, you know, when the team uh, for the first time in the history, was it 102 years now, says, hey, we're actually going to buy uh, land to build our own stadium. Yeah, it probably deserves an emergency podcast. Yeah, major news here in Chicago. Still is. People are still talking about it. They're going to be talking about it for the next few years. Everywhere I went yesterday, actually, I was just, uh, I was, you know, playing soccer with my son in the front yard. Neighbor walks by. He's on the phone. He's not even talking to me. And I hear him talking about Arlington and the Bears. And then I go to soccer practice and, you know, the coaches are asking me about Arlington. Everybody, that's what everyone wanted to talk about. It's a huge story. It's a huge deal. And um, that's why, uh, hopefully, if you missed it, go back. We had an emergency podcast yesterday to discuss that whole story because it is big. Um, Today, we're going to dive into the game on Sunday because there are uh, important issues to discuss and how the hell this Bears offense fixes itself on the fly. We got Matt Nagy's press conference. Um, A lot of people are giving us credit. For Matt Nagy moving his press conferences to Wednesday, the power of the podcast I've seen, I, I don't think it has to do like with that, that but uh, I'll take it. Ah, oh, come on. No, come no. on. I saw come that on Twitter because, you know, Nagy opened his presser saying, yeah, we're going to start talking Wednesday. And we had made a comment a couple weeks ago about how with him talking on Thursday, we actually don't hear from the head coach basically all week before we record this episode. But now we're going to have the... Uh, we have... The Nagy stuff, which everybody loves to hear from Matt Nagy every day. 
especially now. Right. Especially that press conference. Uh, it's fun. Anyway, a lot of good content this week, so make sure if, you, if you're if you catching up, go back and check it out. Uh, the JTO Sullivan episode on Justin Fields is an absolute must-listen. That was Tuesday. We got the Arlington News on Wednesday, and now it's Thursday. We are previewing the Detroit Lions. Welcome in. I'm Adam Hogue. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E. He's Adam Johns on Twitter at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. We're going to have Kevin Fishbane here. In a little bit, he, you can follow him on Twitter at KFishbane and Chris Burke, who covers the Lions, joining us momentarily here as we, we do our weekly interview on the opponent. Tons of Arlington coverage up on The Athletic. They broke the story. Make sure you check out all their coverage. Theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns is where you go to get that. All of our coverage at NBC Sports Chicago at NBCSportsChicago.com. Even the Catman wrote a column. On this, must be big news if the Catman rolling out. He's getting out the pen and the paper, right? Pencil and the paper. You know, I'm looking at our content. The this old morning. typewriter. You um, know, how is that? You know, I saw the transition. list of stories. I'm like, wait, what is this? I didn't write this. I click on it. Oh, the, the Catman coming hot with a column on Arlington. So I, I mean, I haven't read it yet. So I imagine he just takes everything he said on radio. <laughs> And it's transcribed into print. Yeah. You know what? I uh, I'm not gonna lie. I love Cap. I'm uh, guilty of doing that sometimes too. <laughs> the points I make on these podcasts turn into columns. You know. Yes. Yes. You, you know, some of my best post game columns are done after we do the post game pod. I'm like, that was a great thing I said. I it's better like stick a, with it. Yes. It's like a thought session here that we have on the podcast. You know, we get all our thoughts out. We try them out. We see what works, and then we're like, yes, that's a good column. Stick with it. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I'll take it. Um, by the way, our friend J.T. O'Sullivan, he he we, he teased that there was a video coming on Justin Fields, and the, um, I have it up on my TV right here in my office. It's titled "The Justin Fields Disaster Cake." Ooh, disaster cake. He, he broke down all nine sacks. It is a 28 minutes and 32 seconds long. The video on nine sacks. Oh, so nine times, it's tough. But if you, uh, you know, I actually watch, plan on watching that this evening. If you want to uh, feed your or have your thoughts on Matt Nagy's scheme validated, it's actually pretty. It's pretty good. You gotta, you gotta watch it. Check it out. Uh, the QB School on YouTube. Also check out our YouTube if you're not already. You could be watching on YouTube right now. Hogan Johns. And we better start breaking down the Lions, getting into this thing. So we do so as usual with the Lions. The Lions are the Lions. That's what we always say on this podcast. If I was in Detroit, I'd start saying the Bears are the Bears. Maybe that's what they're saying. Let's bring in Chris Burke, who covers the Lions for The Athletic. He's Chris Burke. You can follow him on Twitter at Chris Burke NFL. He covers the Lions for the Athletic and host of the podcast with the great name. One of these years, which could work for either team in this matchup, the Bears and the Lions at Soldier Field on Sunday. What's up, Chris? Thanks for jumping on again with us. Yeah, how's it going, guys? Very good, man. Are you outside practice right now? Yeah, I got here a little early. Thought you might want to take in the scenery it's actually colder than i thought it was so <laughs> i'm uh, regretting standing in the shade for this but that's all right uh yeah we got uh, availability in a little bit here and uh coordinators talking today so we'll see see if they say anything interesting 
We we got Chris outside. If you're watching on YouTube, he's outside the Lions practice <laughs> yeah. facility where the the foliage is changing. In There's the- not much around here. I could show you the view, but it's pretty much just like the trees box everything in, and then there's like a bunch of like Ford plants and stuff in the background. So there's not much of not much beyond the building behind me. So it's, De- it's Detroit. Question. Like yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Do, right, do, exactly. Do, do they uh practice inside a lot? Like I know they're a dome team, but is the- do they go outside? Uh, they're usually outside. Um, it's mostly like winter. Every once in a while, they'll be in there. Uh, it yeah. was like, it was a big thing with Matt Patricia. He made them practice outside in like a blizzard, and they had a game like I think it was they were playing like in Miami that week or something, and they practiced outside <laughs> in a blizzard, and everyone was trying to figure out uh, why they were doing that. But yeah, they're not in. It, we we go inside for practice maybe like twice a year, so it's it's pretty infrequent. Makes sense when you play indoors. Uh, speaking of our friend Matt Patricia, he's gone. Mitch Trubisky's gone. And that favorite uh, matchup of mine twice a year in which Matt Patricia would uh, insist on playing the one defense Mitch Trubisky could consistently beat uh, is now no, you know not part of this matchup anymore. I'm sad about it, Chris. I, and now I don't know what to expect with this Lions team. There were people here that wanted them to add Trubisky just so they didn't have to play him anymore when Matt Patricia <laughs> was here. So, um, yeah, a, a little disappointed we don't get that. I don't know. Um, yeah, every game's kind of a mystery with them. Like, yeah, the offense has some stuff you know that they can do well. DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, TJ Hawkinson, the defense. The defensive line's been playing all right. Um, but everything else, you know, it's kind of game to game. You wait and see what it's going to look like because – uh, they're playing a lot of young guys. They're playing a lot of uh, guys that are new here. And so you don't know. I mean, mo- mo- three games in, they've put up a pretty good fight, uh, especially last week against Baltimore. Should have won that game. But I, you don't know. I don't know. <laughs> this could be the week they break through. They could lose 40 to nothing. That's one of those seasons. You did a great story on Dan Campbell in September. And this this guy is a, a character. You know, here in Chicago, we just get like these, these sound bites. We think they're hilarious. <laughs> Um, you've gotten to know him a little bit better. Like, who is this guy who's, who's now in charge of the Lions? Yeah, I, I think the most interesting thing, and the reason we wanted to do that story is because he's kind of this, like I've used the phrasing before, like he's this like cartoon of a football coach, you know, that gets presented publicly where it's, you get those sound bites about biting kneecaps and <laughs> uh, his coffee order at Starbucks and all this, these random things. Um, but I think the thing that we've heard from everyone we talked to for that story was just that, uh, you know, he's, a, he is a smart football mind, but he's also one who's evolved. I mean, he came up as a tight end in the nineties in the bill Parcells system. And so you sort of expect that to be everything he does, but I think he's picked up a lot from Sean Payton from being a coach there for a while. And, um, you know, some of the stuff they're doing now, I think with Anthony Lynn as the coordinator and, uh, he was talking this, you know, yesterday talking uh, Wednesday about, you know, having a guy specifically to help him manage the clock at the end of games, like all these little things that are uh, little nuances to his coaching style that I think the Lions really like and are hoping pay off more than just the, you know, rah-rah locker room guy. So we'll see. People around here still love him (laughs) at this point. The players seem to be responding to him. So, you know, we'll see if they're like two and nine, how it's going. But so far, it's it's been positive. Yeah, Chris, I wanted to ask you about that because you put that in a good way. Like, a, he's a cartoon of a football coach, and I think that that's come off maybe nationally outside of Detroit as eh, sort of a joke, you know, like how serious should we take this whole thing? 
But I did take note that when he got hired, I mean, he really surrounded himself with a pretty good coaching staff. I mean, that that stood out right away. So what is the... You, you said he's well-liked there now, probably still in the honeymoon phase like most coaches are when they come into a, a new place. But I guess what's the level of optimism in the whole operation and what the turnover was, including the general manager as well? Yeah, I mean, obviously that's a big piece. You know, Bob Quinn, um, <laughs> even this week, you know, Jamie Collins got cut. They had to eat $6 million this year and $6 million next year. So you're still seeing... A lot of his mistakes, I mean, the Matthew Stafford trade is a big chunk of it, but they're carrying like $55 million in dead cap money right now. Turnover at GM and in the front office, the changes they made there obviously uh, are a big part. But you're right. I think that that was one of the most exciting things for this organization. You know, the Matt Patricia coaching search, there wasn't much of one. Bob Quinn was the GM already. He said, I, I want Patricia. And that was pretty much the end of it. You know, they went through the steps that you have to go through. Um, but that, that was it. And, and this one, I think they took a lot more time with and, and dug in a lot more. And I think they're really excited by what you mentioned that there were a lot of smart NFL people out there who said, we'd be willing to come work with him. And so, you know, you've got Anthony Lynn calling plays on offense and Aaron Glenn calling plays on defense. And he's probably going to be, uh, a head coach somewhere at some point, I think. And, you know, Aubrey Pleasant's their defensive backs coach. He's probably going to be a coordinator in the near future. So you've got all these guys kind of built in here that uh, I think have a chance to keep moving up the ladder. And that's, that's what you want. I mean, you, you don't want to lose those guys when they get those opportunities, but you want, you know, kind of those up and coming coaches that, that the rest of the league respects. And I think, you know, this, this has the makings of really good staff. Again, we're pretty early in this thing, but it, it seems like there's a lot of, a lot of people here who, know what they're doing. Do you maybe see all that experience and all that potential maybe coming out in some of these early games? I know, look, the, the win and loss record isn't what you want it to be, but they, they were beating the Packers, right? They needed, a, like, the Ravens needed a record-setting field goal from Justin Tucker <laughs> off, right. the, in, in, off the crossbar, you know, to beat the Lions. Like, are the Lions, like, sneakily pretty good, pretty competitive here? I don't know about pretty good. <laughs> I think that they're, I think that they can be competitive um, because I do think that they're pretty bought in right now. I think they're playing hard. I think that the veterans they brought in um, have understood what this situation is. That's one of the reasons they wanted Jared Goff. You know, it wasn't because they think he's the best quarterback in the world. They thought he could be pretty decent in this offense, which he has been so far. And they thought he would be good in the locker room and sort of understand the challenges of, you know, uh, leading a team that's that's not going to be great this year and maybe is two or three years from from contending. So I think that uh, all that's sort of fed down through the young guys. They're playing a lot of them right now. But I do think, like the Baltimore game specifically, that was, you know, that defense up until the fourth and 19 uh, where they had a blown coverage did a really good job uh, in that game, especially against Lamar Jackson, kind of kept him in the pocket and, and made things difficult for him downfield. And I think a lot of the credit there goes to goes to Aaron Glenn with his how he called that game and goes to that defensive front, which is the most veteran unit on the roster. So um, I, I do think some of that stuff's coming out. I, they need a win at some point to make sure that it's sticking, but I do think you're seeing some of it. All right, well, time for that pick. Do they get that win against the Bears this weekend? Uh, I know I'll probably get the homer tag for calling it. I do, I do think I've, 
I've got them winning this week. I mean, I think it's going to be one of those games that goes down right to the end. Um, I don't think there'll be a ton of points in it, uh, but I, I, they've been in these games. Um, and, you know, last week they needed a drive at the end to take the lead. Jared Goff gave them a drive to take the lead. I, you know, I think that they're, they're decent enough at the moment to hang in there. And they're, they seem to be pretty cohesive as a group, which, um, you know, just looking at the bears from the outside in, I don't know if that's the same there. Maybe you guys can tell me, but I, I think that they're going to be right there at the end. And it kind of feels like they're due to steal one. This is a good opportunity for them. I would could certainly see how that's being viewed that way from uh, <laughs> after what happened in Cleveland. Well, what do you mean? Yeah, no, I don't think there's much of an argument here at all. Uh, and then we got to get a bonus pick, too, because Wisconsin's playing Michigan this weekend. Uh, uh, people have been asking me when I'm going to start to get excited about Michigan this year because, you know, the start's been all right. They struggled last week against Rutgers. And it, this is the game. I said, if they can go win at Wisconsin, I'll start to get a little excited. But I don't think they can go win at Wisconsin because – the last couple of years have been horrible for Michigan, at least in this matchup that Wisconsin does this stuff that seems to drive Michigan crazy. So I, uh, I got the Badgers like, I don't know with 27, 21, something like that. Uh, maybe Michigan at least keeps it a little closer this year. What do you think? You got You got to be picking Wisconsin, right? Um, I, I need the quarterback to show that he can throw <laughs> the ball within 10 yards of a wide receiver before I'm going to pick them to score 27 points in any game. Let's just put it that <laughs> All right, way. That's fair. That's <laughs> it's, it's been rough. It's been rough. But it uh, uh, should be a, a fun week in a football. Usually for me, it involves a lot of bad quarterback play, but that's fine. Um, we'll, we'll see how it goes this weekend. Chris Burke, thanks so much. We appreciate your insight on the Lions always. Yeah, thanks, guys. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs is the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. Because when you're looking for a job, Hogan Johns fans, you want the best experience possible. No questions left to answer and sketchy websites to navigate around. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. And over 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Adam. That's linkedin.com slash Adam to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Always appreciate Chris Burke. You could hear the uh, vultures in the background, Adam. Swarming. The question is, <laughs> or are they are were they preying on a bear or a lion? Which one was dead? Are you sure those shrieks were actually vultures? No, nah, I think are you sure it wasn't Dan Campbell. <laughs> it could have been Dan Campbell. More than likely a crow. But you know, That's it's more fun if you think about the vultures circling over a dead lion or bear. Okay. Or maybe both. 
for all we know. Maybe it'll be a tie on Sunday. Could you imagine if we covered Dan Campbell? That soundboard of yours would be, you would need two. I was actually thinking while we were talking to Chris, it is a huge fail on my part that there is not already a Dan Campbell soundbite on there. We got time. Well, I know, but they're playing There's this another week. game. So yeah, I, I blew know, that. I, know. I blew We've that. We've been busy. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll take... Bears are building stadiums or buying land. And no, don't care. Yeah. Still got Mitch there. I'm just disappointed Mitch isn't in this matchup. You know, he loves the Lions. He's crushing Matt Patricia's Lions. <laughs> Those days are over. Those days are over. All right, uh, we move on, though, and we start breaking this thing down. Throwing a curveball this week. It's been a crazy week. We did not have the Fishman on Tuesday. So to make it up to him, we're bringing him in, and we are giving him the whole segment of our three big questions. Now, we should say this is probably just John's trying to get out of the work and putting it on Kevin, but nonetheless, welcome in the Fishman. Gentlemen, you guys want my Dan Campbell fun fact? Yes. Yes. Christmas Eve 2006, Dan Campbell caught a touchdown pass against the Bears. That's 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 100% truth. Truth. 11, uh, 11 yard. Wait, no, I don't remember. He, no, he had 11 career touchdowns. One of them came Christmas Eve 2006 as a member of the Lions. I was really struggling this week. I, I I enjoy putting my fun facts together in the Friday mailbag about the matchup and the history and all that stuff. I was really struggling. I was, as you can tell from that one, I was grasping for something because the Bears Lions, it doesn't get um, doesn't get less interesting than that. I was going to say we were just uh, discussing how many great games there were. This was off the air, but how many great games there are this weekend. Um, the one we're going to be watching at Soldier Field. Not one of those games. No. All Mike right. Lennon would agree. So yeah. let's just stop the podcast now. That's uh, <laughs> uh, No. I've got three big questions, though. Yes, let's hear them. I'm ready. Don't disappoint. They're not on my sheet today, which is great because it's going to be a surprise. Oh, yeah. I meant to ask you if I was supposed to send these to you beforehand. It, you know no. what? John's puts them in there. I don't read them, so it doesn't make a difference. Okay, here we go. First question. Will the Bears actually utilize the tight ends on Sunday? Or was this whole, the tight end is an important part of Matt Nagy's offense, a facade? That's a good question. Uh, Because you want to naturally say yes, because they just have to be used eventually. Like all teams, even if the tight end position isn't that important, the tight ends get targeted. (laughs) Right, right. I play action plays and whatnot. So I, I want to say yes, but I am not confident in that answer because we've seen what the numbers are. I mean, what JP Holston played all last week, Jimmy Graham, what had what seven snaps? I think Jesse James, Jesse had James one, one. And how many times was well, Cole Komet singled on miles Garrett? They didn't need any help blocking. Why? What do they need Jesse James for or JP Holtz? It's, it's all problem. Um, I do think if if we're going to see a Bill Lazor offense on Sunday, that was when Cole Komet started to you know get a little bit more attention in the, uh, the passing game. So that 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 could mean a, a a bit of an uptick. Prove it, prove it. That's my answer. Prove it. So I'm going to go with no until I see it. Yeah. Uh, question two: 
who should require more attention from Sean Desai in the defense in game planning this week? DeAndre Swift or TJ Hawkinson? Ooh. Guess which one do you guys see as like a bigger threat to kind of change the game? I think they, they struggled a lot with Hawkinson past couple of years and Swift should have won the game for Detroit last year in week one. Yeah, I'm going to say Hawkinson because I think it's the, the bigger concern of the Bears defense is coverage. So I, I think if you got to be worried about one thing over the other, to me, it's definitely TJ Hawkinson, really good player, really coming into his own. Um, and like you said, it's been a struggle before for the Bears against him. So I think that's the big thing. You know, the, the Bears front is playing so well, so well that you know, they actually played pretty well against the, the Browns running game last week. Eventually, what happened was they went to the screen game. Whoa, what an idea. What a concept. And then uh, they couldn't get off the field. The offense couldn't stay on the field. And when if you really watch that fourth quarter when the Browns, they, guys were tired. You could see it on film. Like, you see, like, Roquan Smith making a bad angle. Like, that's that's him being tired. Um so I, I think the, they'll be fine against Swift. I think the bigger concern is Hawkinson. Well, I guess the another way to phrase this is how long will they be good against Swift? Because if they're on the field for nearly 80 plays again, then they should be able to, even the Lions should be able to impose their will on some downs and some snaps against the Bears defense as, as good as they may play earlier in the game. Because like you said, they wear down. They were down. So I want to see what the Bears offense does to complement that defense. But I think in general, Hawkinson and Swift are tough matchup problems and pass coverage for the linebackers or the safeties. Question three. Um, so I was expecting some. Do that like, again. <laughs> question three. Um, is this a top five most important regular season game in Matt Nagy's coaching career? I was thinking about, you know, I, I think you can you can look back at hindsight at games that ended up being kind of milestone type games. You go back to 2018 against the Rams. You know, you can even say the opener against the Packers the next year, just all the hoopla. But then you can like look at, you know, last year, you know, the, the times that we thought things were that his job was in jeopardy and things like that. I'm just like wondering, like, what, like where does this rank in terms of pressure for him? Um, or are we so far past this that it, it's just it's just another game like it's not going to make that big question are you in, asking in the grand scheme of things <laughs> I, uh, is this a top five most important regular season game Matt Nagy's coaching career um, y- yes because it could be really really bad if you lose you know it's funny is like right now I look at that Lions game last year as the the bad one that still stands out, but he managed to survive that. But if you do it again this year against the Lions, a team that hasn't won a game, that's clearly rebuilding, you're at home again. You have Justin Fields as your quarterback now. Like, yes, I, I, I think it, I think it really is because it's not just the wins and winning or losing. Like, you have to show you know what you're doing after what happened in Cleveland. It's <laughs> a way to put it, right there. Um. My my five takeaways column earlier this week, I described this more of a, a bounce-back game for Matt Nagy than Justin Fields. Justin Fields is going to have plenty of opportunities with Matt Nagy or not. Matt Nagy's time here feels limited, does it not? Like, he's got to prove himself all over again. Like, that point you just hit on, Adam. Like, this, 
he's got to show some acumen here. He, he's they got to adjust. He's I, I, personally, I think it's gonna be Bill Lazor who's calling the plays. Maybe that's a step in the right direction, but you can't look as horrendous as you did against the Browns. Matt Nagy has to start changing the narrative that's around him because it is intense. Not just Chicago, but nationally, those questions are swirling. I mean, they're he's getting ripped from here to Los Angeles. I mean, it, it's, it's never ending. He, like he needs to start changing this narrative because I don't think the bears as a franchise, that front office can ignore that narr- that narrative when they come to, when it comes to their long-term decision-making. Where do you put it? Yeah, I, I kind of, I, I think, yeah, I, I want to put it up there as like, this is, could be a huge, as you guys said, kind of a litmus test, but then there's two things I'm thinking like one, if he's not calling the plays, like how important, is it going to be of a reflection of him? Because if Laser's calling the plays and the office doesn't look good, now you say, well, Bill called the plays. Um, and then like, I just feel like we've gone through this before since t- 2019. We've, yes. we've had these conversations. So like, what makes this one? I mean, it's just oh, like, well, at this but point. What makes it different? Number one. Justin. Yeah. Justin yeah. Fields. Yeah. Yeah. I will. I, I, Think about the um, 2019 Chargers game more than probably any person should think about the 2019 Chargers game, because to bring you back, they, you know, they had that bad loss in London. Then the Saints game after the bye was horrible. Remember, they ended up putting up a ton of garbage time points in the fourth quarter. And and he, he, to his credit, was like, that doesn't mean anything like that was a bad, bad game. And remember that Chargers game was like, all right. Are you going to recognize that this offense is broken? And he did. Like they ran the ball a ton. It was under center, boot action stuff. It was like the first time we saw it a little bit against Denver in week two, but like this was a revamped offense and it worked until Mitch Trubisky missed a wide open Taylor Gabriel. He threw an interception and then Eddie Pinero missed a field goal. And I always thought if Eddie Pinero makes that field goal and they win that game, do we see that same offense next week in Philadelphia? Do we see that same offense continue to build? Cause I always think about like, if you, the offense we saw last season during the win streak, if that was what Matt Nagy built for Mitch Trubisky prior to 2019, like what would the narrative be? I don't know. Like, again, I'm going down a lot of different rabbit holes, but I'm, I think about that Chargers game and I think about this game. Like, is this the game that he's going to be like, all right, we got to just change everything. And and this and that and part of that could be trusting Bill Lazor to do that. Yeah, but I actually like that you bring up the Chargers game because I I think it is definitely on the list of if you're going to rank the the top five most important ones. And it, you know, you're you're right in the mistakes that Trubisky made and the kicks got to be made and all that. But the one thing about that game was he got away from the game plan in the fourth quarter. He had Mitch Trubisky dropping back and throwing the ball when they had a comfortable lead. They had a two score lead. So they got away from what was working even within that game. And so even in that instance, you have the example of Nagy struggling to commit to what seemed to fit his players better than what he was trying to run with his offense. And that to to me, that was like really the first time that that was really obvious. And now here we are two seasons later and like that's still the story similar conversation and I'm glad interesting, you- i was just say interestingly about that game I, I i could argue that that decision he made at the end the mark trustman kick on second down oh yeah like that 
in like think about everything that like has gone wrong for this coaching staff over the years that might still be the single biggest mistake he's ever made in game um and again of course if Pinero does his job makes the kick we're not talking about that as a, a huge mistake but i still look back to that just being like you know like i just ne- i could not understand that decision in the moment and and they, they lost the game and, and, and then they just lost everything they had built. They went one for five in the red zone that day. Like it was like you had something that could, you know, work. And yeah, so like I just wonder. But again, the part of the problem with that comparison is if Bill Lazer's calling plays, like how much does the Matt like what is the Matt Nagy effect on this offense that we're going to see? Like what is like we might not truly know what that is. Well, Bill Lazor wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe, you know, Manning is a head coach. Everything goes back to him. So maybe it doesn't matter. If the offense looks good, you know, it could be a reflection of him doing a good job delegating. If it looks bad, well, it's his team. Well, I think that's where you also saw him the 2019 season. You saw Mark Helfrich. You still had Harry Heastan. You still had um, Kevin Gilbride coaching tight ends. And you mean the three guys, guys whose fault it was that they yeah, weren't good in tight Those guys are booted right after that season. You got Bill Lazor here. Get John D. Fo- like like it's it's just, um, it's different now. You know, it's just ugh. similar conversations, but at the same time, a little bit different. And yeah, we'll see. I'm glad Adam mentioned used the word used the word plural or used the plural version of players because I do think what they did offensively at that point worked better for not just Trubisky but their offensive line, their receivers. It's the same conversation now. Like mm-hmm. play action can help your receivers get separation too. You know, play action helps your tight ends. All this stuff. We'll see what happens against Detroit, guys. Uh, bonus question that I'm throwing in there. Who's calling the plays? Bill Lazor. Kevin? Could be you, Hogue. I mean, I was going to say, I'm I'm available. Our, our colleague, uh, Shannon Ryan, tweeted a picture this week of her son's uh, like drawn-out plays for his flag football team. They look pretty good. Oh, get him in there. Did, did, Johns does that oh, during the should, press conferences. You should. I do. I do draw like football plays during the press conference. <laughs> I gotta find. I've got stacks of index cards from uh, when I was in junior high. I I like finished standardized testing very quickly. A little humble brag right there. Um, I don't know if I did well on the test. Wow. I just finished it. Wait, very did quickly. you go to Northwestern? I did actually. There's a little banner right behind me, okay. and so I would take out a stack of index cards, and I would just write. I would just draw. I like I, I and I labeled them. I like I formation back when I formation was a thing in the late '90s. You know, pro set. Remember that was like a thing. Matt Nagy did not come to Chicago to run the I formation. No, um, but I think that it will. I, I, yeah, I think it's Bill Lazor. If it wasn't Bill Lazor, Matt Nagy would have said, "I'm calling the plays." Yes. Yes. So I, uh, first of all, I can't call plays. No, I not don't. with that attitude. No, I that would be a disaster. So I don't want to come off like I'm trying to claim I could do any better. I certainly would do a lot worse. Um, I'm confused though. Like I saw Olin's tweet. Olin Cruz tweeted. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but basically, like Nagy would have said if he's calling the play. So this is Bill Lazor. You're up. Right. I agree. With, I agree. I agree with that assessment. Okay, but Matt what Nagy, about? Like I said, maybe this is conspiracy theoryist. He knows how pissed everyone is at him. What if he doesn't want to say he's keeping the plays? <laughs> I know. Like, isn't that a I, legitimate point? Like at this part, at this point in this 
thing. Now, are we getting into this gamemanship thing? Like, no, no, I'm not getting into gamemanship. Out. I'm saying after all these amazing conversations they had, he came out of it and said, "I'm still calling the plays. I don't want to tell anybody that though because it's been such a such a disaster. So we're going to keep it vague. I think that's a scenario that should be on the table." Yeah, well, like last week he comes out and just he's forthright and he's just like you know we're Justin Fields starting. He's the quarterback. Like he he tried to remove all distractions for his quarterback and his offense. Now, do, this do you week, think he regrets doing that? I don't know. I don't know. Um, so now, like in a couple hours, we're gonna hear from Bill Lazor. Bill, are you call in place, and we're gonna have some long winded answer that says no, maybe so, maybe yeah. Like it's not gonna be a good answer. That's my prediction. You know how I was, it's going to go. I was speaking of top fives. This is going to be a top five most awkward press conference. We've got coming with Bill Lazor this afternoon. And that's partly the head coach's fault. It's totally the head coach's fault. Yeah, Th- this I mean, will be one it, of the few times, though, where Lazor actually gives a very short answer. And it's going to be, I think the head coach addressed that. And I'll leave it to him. Yeah. And that's all he's going to say. Yeah. and it's, I would it's, hope it's, so. It's a tough spot for Bill Lazor. If the Bears had any wherewithal about anything you know they would find a way to make it an easier situation for their offensive coordinator but especially for if he's calling the place this weekend doesn't it feel like this whole thing about how the head coach doesn't you know is talking one less day um which i'm sure with everything going on they're enjoying that part of it but it also is kind of backfiring isn't it because it seems like every day that matt's not talking there's something that should be addressed or something that lingers. Something that's lingering. An injury situation or now this play calling conundrum. Again. Now we'll be throwing a Bill Lazor. Wherewithal. If the Bears didn't want there to be a lot of confusion out there, they don't have to have Matt Nagy talk. They can just put out a tweet. They could have Larry Mayer write an article about it. They could, you know, put out a statement. They can come tell us. They could have Matt Nagy come in for 30 seconds and say, hey, guys, just so you know, Bill's calling plays today. I'm heading out to practice. I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. Um. Well, I find it interesting that you guys both think it's definitely laser. It seems like a lot of people think it's laser. So I think I should trust all of you guys. I, uh, I'm confused. That's where I'm at. I know where the Bears well, are at. Have... The the Mad Nagy is always talking about where the Bears are at. I'm confused. That's where I'm at. Shouldn't it also always be an asterisk, though? Like I can't it, find the Bill why Lazor, on this one. <laughs> was Bill Lazor really calling plays all, all of last year when he was calling plays? Oh, well, I well, think I that's think a real... Yeah, I don't think he was. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, like, even if Bill Lazor's calling plays on Sunday, I hate to get existential here, but is he calling plays? Are we even going to be there? Where are we? Like, Arlington Heights. I'm going to drive to Arlington Heights Sunday. They got uh, Mr. D Sports Bar. I don't know if that closed Saturday, too, with the rest of the track or if it's still operating. But, um, you know, the Bears game might be on there. We could just cover it from there. I think I'm going to cover the Bears from there until they move there. We'll see you in five years. <laughs> You might, but you might get better food. Oh, hundred percent, I will. I've eaten there. It's a, the food's phenomenal. A beer, have a couple beers during the game. Maybe there'll actually be coffee, you know, after the game available. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, a lot of issues here. 
That's going to be the best part of the movie, Gnarly Tonight, though, is the, the food upgrade. Well, we hope. Well, the food for everybody else. All we got to do is get that lady from the press box at SoFi Stadium. Like, that should be the first hire the Bears make. Is that lady who is like, I will get you anything. We don't have it here. You want McDonald's? I'll go get McDonald's for you. Like, she would have done anything for anybody there. That's who the Bears should be trading for right now. No. Okay. Should we talk about some other games? Oh, we got to make our picks. You sticking around for this one, Kev? I didn't make a pick, so. Uh, Probably not. You didn't pick the game? Not yet. So let's put them on the spot, Adam. Yeah. yeah. Well, I like to I like to generally wait till all I, I collect all the picks. No, from our staff, no, 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 I, no, no. I like no, to, no. you know. Now you're on the spot. Who you got? Uh, Fox, wait. Noon, Lions at Bears. Bears favored by three. Mm. Typical home spread. Hmm. This is a tough one this week because I picked the Bears to win last week. And what kind of idiot would have picked the bears to win last week the, the, everybody Except on this podcast everybody on this podcast and our good friend patrick finley made fun of me about it when he saw my pick i mean it's too bad people think we're good at our jobs your research um, mm. give me a minute you guys go ahead and i'll i'll let you know what my pick is all right i'm picking the bears I I, I I I I think I, I think there's going to be a bounce back. The defense is still playing well. They're going up against the Lions. They're not going up against the Browns. There is a difference. I do think T.J. Hawkinson is a matchup concern for sure. Um, but I think they can weather the storm. I the offense ha- like literally the offense has to be better. I mean, I guess there's a very 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 small chance. A scenario that it could be worse, like technically it could be worse, but realistically, there is no way that it won't be better. Even if they average 1.2 yards per play, it is better than 1.1. So, You're also not facing Miles Garrett. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, no, yeah, exactly. And I also think, um, like, so the Bears are due for a bounce back. You could look into that Ravens game last week, I think a little bit too much. The Ravens had just beaten the Chiefs. They were ripe for a letdown game. Ah, we're going to Detroit, you know. Adam Hoag's Adam Hoag's yeah. gonna make them make us their survivor pick. Everybody in the world thinks we're fine, you know. Uh, and then it's all gonna come down to a Justin Tucker sixty six yard field goal. I think that that was a huge letdown game by the Ravens, more so than it was anything the Lions did. I realize they're fighting, but this is a game the Bears should win, and I think they bounce back, and they do win. I'm not saying it's pretty, but they find a way to win the game. I'm going to go 17-14, Bears. If you watch that Ravens game, I mean, the Ravens actually had multiple opportunities to really blow them out with with some drop passes and you know potentially drop touchdown passes. Um it's going to be an ugly game. I'm going 17-14. I don't even know if the Lions score 14, maybe 17-13, but 17-14, I'll go with that right now. Um, Justin Fields has to be better. He's too good not to be better. Like, that's my most serious analysis in this one, is, like, eventually his talent has to be, like, obvious. It just has to take certain plays over. Maybe Matt Nagy or Bill Lazor, we should say. 
helps call plays that helps facilitate that talent in terms of taking over, at least for a few possessions here or there. 17-14 Bears. In 1981, coming off the Bears' 23-7 loss to the Lions, which was the last time they had an offensive display as bad as what we saw on Sunday, they followed that up with a 10-9 loss to the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to flip that and say Bears 10, Lions 9. That sounds like a riveting afternoon at Soldier Field. Win to win. Can't wait. Uh, Okay. Bold predictions, anybody? Bold predictions. Skip it this week. I'm fine with it. I honestly. Justin Fields scores a touchdown. (laughs) Two. Two. All right. It's week four, guys. Week four. All right, Kevin, you want to pick any of these other games? You just want to go. I'm fine if you want to go. <laughs> I, I got I got some things to do, so maybe yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll or, take you But if you want to stay and make some picks, we, we're going to be here. You know what? I was looking through the slate, and it's a tough slate, so I'm going to... Uh... It's a fun slate. There's a lot of good games. Oh, it's a great slate. Um, but I'll, I'll let you guys handle that. I'm going to go have some breakfast. Okay. It's 10 a.m. I know. I had a busy morning. Talk to a, I talked to a Bears legend this morning for a story coming out later this fall. Stay tuned. Ooh, I know who it is. How's everyone doing? This is Nick Foles. Just entered the meeting. Bye, Kevin. Have a good day. See you, Kevin. Bye, guys. See you in like 30 minutes. All right, there he is, Kevin Fishbane. Follow him on Twitter, at KFishbane. Guess you'll find out who that Bears legend is. Maybe. And uh, Carlos Santos. Or maybe John Fox. He said legend. All right, we do have a good slate of games. And uh, my advice to everybody listening is to do the opposite of what I say. Because I think my record, uh, I don't know what it is here on the podcast. No good. The Pick'em League I'm in, though, I'm 4-11, and 11, I think, <laughs> in three weeks. So... Um, that is. Do you want to get through these fast? Then just just go at whim. Yeah, that's I, mean, what I would say again. Not a math major on this podcast, but I know that's not good. As a math major, I wasn't actually. But we start noon. Fox Panthers at Cowboys. Cowboys four and a half point favorites. All I want to do here with this analysis is is give Sam Darnold some credit that I didn't give him preseason where I said the Bears should not pursue him. That marriage with Joe Brady and Matt Rule is it's working. It is working. He's playing some good football. I might actually say I think the Cowboys win, but the Panthers cover. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm i surprised that this is this high. Maybe uh, an over-adjustment to the Cowboys. That being said, the Cowboys have been, uh, I want to say of the four wins I have, I think three of them are the Cowboys. So I got to keep riding the Cowboys here and they're getting the job done there. They're overcoming their head coach. I think Uh, they have a good offense. The defense is, is improved. And uh, this is at home. I'll be in on a short week. Four and a half seems like too much, but I don't know what I'm doing at this point. So let's go with the Cowboys. (laughs) Just being honest. Kendall Fuller delivering for the Bears defense. CBS noon. The Browns 
go to Minnesota. The Browns are a two-point road favorite. Kevin Stefanski's return. Um, Give me the Browns. Yeah. That's it. I do want, regardless of what happens with his Bears team, I, I feel like I owe the Browns a little bit of an apology for not believing in them more. Like, that's a good team. That's a good team. Mirror images of one another in this game. It's going to be really interesting to watch from that standpoint. But I think the Browns are better on both sides. Like, just enough that, especially on their defense. I would take their defense over the Vikings defense for sure. Yeah, yeah. More star power. So, um, I'm going to take the the Browns as well. You're not listening, Chris. Fox 305, Cardinals at Rams. Another good game. The Rams are four and a half point home favorite. I think the Rams are the best team in football right now. They just beat Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. I got them by a touchdown. I like the Cardinals. They're exciting. Kyler Murray, early MVP favorite. Give me the Rams. Best team in football. Yeah, both teams undefeated here, but I agree. I think the Rams are overall, I mean, they're they're good on both sides of the ball. That win over Champa was really impressive. I would be a little concerned about a letdown game if this wasn't a divisional opponent that was undefeated. Like, I'm pretty sure the Cardinals have teams' attention right now, so I don't see this being a letdown, and uh, I agree. I will take the Rams. All right, so two words, Aaron Rodgers. Um, Hall of Fame. Two words. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers hosting the Steelers, CBS 325. The Steelers, not that great at football anymore. Packers, six and a half point home favorites. Give me the Packers by a touchdown or more. They're just heating up. Yeah, They're they are. heating up. They are. They've, uh... I think, oh, by the way, I think I've been right about the Cowboys every week, horribly wrong about the Packers every week, including last week. I think I locked the 49ers on this podcast. So definitely go against me here with the Packers. I think they cover too. So probably going to regret that one, but, you know, whatever. I'd like to see him get his hands on more balls. If you can't tell, my confidence has been really shot. Stay out of those confidence pools then. Uh, Vic Fangio and the Broncos uh, hosting the Ravens. The an old Broncos. Yeah. Broncos are favored against the Ravens here in this game. Interesting spot. CBS 325. It should be pointed out. The Broncos' three opponents, I believe, are 0-9. Yes. I like the Ravens in this one. Winning by almost a touchdown. Uh, I know it wasn't pretty in Detroit. We talked about that earlier. But they have the superior quarterback. I think they have the superior team. I agree. I think this is one of those situations where you got to kind of feel the roller coaster of the NFL. You got the Ravens coming off a really bad performance in Detroit where they're very fortunate to win. They're going to bounce back. They're going to play better. They're going to correct some things. The Broncos probably feeling really good about themselves at 3-0. They've played nobody, though. That's not to say I don't think the Broncos are a good team. I just think for this week, it kind of sets up for that swing to go back towards Baltimore, even though this game is being played in Denver. But, hey, this is definitely a prove-it game for the Broncos. I mean, if they want to they come out and say, hey, we're for real, 
This is a good week to do it. Yeah. But I am going to take the Ravens in this one. I think that's the the smarter play. Bears. Uh, Monday, I guess we're doing a bonus game here, which I'm fine with because there's a lot of good games. Monday night, ESPN, 715 Raiders at Chargers. The Chargers are three-point home favorite. I like the uh, Chargers in this one. Really, I don't want to say they're up and coming because I've always felt like they've had a lot of talent. I think Justin Herbert takes them to another level. We saw that last week against the Chiefs, right? So um, Raiders are undefeated. They're playing pretty good, but strikes me as a game where you're going to see Justin Herbert's name mentioned nationally a lot after it. He's He looks really good. He looks really good. He's got a really good left tackle now. He's, you know, there was a, I forget if I did the power rankings pre-draft or post-draft. Might have been post-draft after they drafted Rashawn Slater. But regardless, I was looking at the teams, like what they had done, where they were at at the end of last season. Now, the Chargers went 6-10, and 10, so they weren't really high in my power rankings when the last year ended. And all of a sudden, I remember looking at this, and I'm like, Are that, I, I like this roster. I like Justin Herbert. I like that defense. I like that they have Brandon Staley now with that defense. And I kept going, ah, they're better than this team. They're better than this team. They're better than this team. When it was all said and done, I had them in the top 10. This was back in April. And one of the few things I like about the start of the season is what I've seen from that team. They're good. They're, they're, to me, they're a really good team. So um, the Raiders undefeated. Maybe like the brought Now, the Raiders have the win over the Ravens that they could point to. Um, but I do think that this is kind of maybe a setback for them a little bit uh, in a tough spot against the Chargers. So I'll take the Chargers. I like the, I like the QB duel in this one. And if, again, my my picks always come down to that. I, I like Herbert winning it a bit more over Carr. Dexy. Um, we agreed on every pick except for the Panthers-Cowboys. So I apologize to you in advance. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter uh, at Adam Hogue. At Adam Johns, read our coverage at theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns for Johnsy and Kevin Fishbane. Uh, for me, you can get me at NBCSportsChicago.com. T-shirts up, obviousshirts.com. Please check out our YouTube page channel. Watch it. Subscribe. Hit the notifications. We appreciate you doing that. People loving the YouTubes, the comments there in the YouTubes, some fun things there, So, um, and probably some not so for being honest about comments, but uh, we love all the feedback. We love your support. Any final thoughts there, Johnsy? No, no. Lions Bears, a little bit different. Still Lions Bears. Tell you, bears are the bears and Lions are the Lions. The vultures, they're circling, man. <laughs> circling. Pretty sure that's still Dan Campbell or a Crow, but you know, just gotta think about it. Talk to you see after ya. the game. See ya. Two see ya. See ya. No.